right, we're on take two because Ian, Ian uh, sometimes just starts. I don't think I just send it. That's but how he usually talks. Is he talks as he thinks instead of before he thinks. Yeah. So sometimes it gets me into a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk tonight about some unusual headlines. A couple happenings you may not have heard about. Happenings you don't even want to hear about. Some of them are pretty dumb. A few of them you might think. I wish I didn't know that. Not in an uncomfortable way, but in a way that's just unnecessary. <laughs> and then we'll talk about history of tattoos. And you can guess whose idea this episode was. If anyone knows how we look, you'll definitely know who thought of the tattoo segment. Who leans toward looking more outrageous. <laughs> we both go for an outrageous style, but I seem to have drifted into the outlandish I drift into like the homeless looking style. You definitely got a, a hermit vibe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hope you enjoyed the tattoo and unusual headlines episode. Episode four. I'm Emma. I'm Ian. And this is our podcast, Nobody's Talking About Everything, Solving Nothing. If we get lucky, we might solve something. Many people are familiar with critically acclaimed rapper Eminem. Some love him, some hate him, some don't give a shit about him. We're kind of that camp. I like I him. I kind of like him. Somewhere on the positive side. I but really liked him back in like 2004. 2004. When I was too young to like him. Mm-hmm. Inappropriate times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I listen to him at the gym sometimes when I'm lifting just because it brings me back to the, that headspace. Mm-hmm. So I like him more after this. He's opening a restaurant in Detroit in today. Wow, that's great. Wednesday. He's opening his restaurant, Mother's Spaghetti. <laughs> Classic mom spaghetti. He's serving spaghetti, meatballs, spaghetti with meatballs, or no meatballs, and the Sketty sandwich. <laughs> that's it? It only serves spaghetti? That's correct. Wow. Yep. Is it his mom's homemade recipe? I don't know. Hmm. Hopefully, that makes sense. <laughs> Someone's mother's. All right, my story is a new high demand for the so-called woke coke at posh dinner parties across UK. Which I will say that Ian is the one that found all of these facts. Just throw me right under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's an interesting. There's quite a good movement for people trying to improve their status in the world. And those who love cocaine, but love the earth. They want to get ethically sourced products, even though it's four times the cost. And they're probably just getting ripped off, like many people who buy cocaine. I believe Europe does have a better scene than America, but I have no but source But they to back still that get up. their stuff from South America and Central America, don't they? Like, how is Good that question. ever going to be ethical? Yeah. If there's, like, all the cartels involved. Well, maybe they just have, like, really good benefits for people who produce it like they took some existing cocaine farms and they're like hey do you guys want a 401k so the employees are living under the threat of death but at least they have dental insurance (laughs) (laughs) yes so i think that it's probably mostly a ripoff it seems people are kind of getting just to make them feel better definitely whether it's charity or even your cocaine if you're (laughs) if you're trying to get a higher quality sustainable and ethical outcome do your research don't just take someone's word for it yeah but don't just type whatever you're gonna consume 
and then just add the word woke to it. Like, <laughs> just because somebody calls it woke coke and you think, damn, <laughs> that's catchy. <laughs> what do you do this weekend? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, you volunteered? Well, I got you beat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You think you're a good person? You helped out the soup kitchen? Well, guess what I did? <laughs> I went to the nightclub and I'm a better person than you. So I didn't know this, but recently SpaceX had a all tourist crew do a three day flight. Mm -hmm. I heard that. Wow, that's maybe one of the first news stories you've heard, and I didn't. <laughs> it was financed by some billionaire. By Bezos, he owns SpaceX, no, no, no. doesn't he? No, Bezos is Blue Horizon or something like oh, that. Blue Origin. Blue Origin. Yeah. And SpaceX is Elon. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not financed by him. No, apparently the story was that this. I think he was on like 39 or something like that, but some billionaire just was like, hey, I want to take a three-day ride in space, and he paid for all four people to go. Was it like his friends? No, it was like one was some cancer survivor nurse who now works in a cancer ward or something like that, and one was somebody who I don't remember from Oklahoma, I think, <laughs> and then one was the guy who won in a raffle, apparently, and then a fourth person, but six months ago, none of them had training, mm -hmm. and then they just all jumped on this I rocket. I would be and... so terrified. Yes, especially because... They're the first one to do it, too. And what caught my eye on this story was that something did go wrong. There was an alarm going off, and it was the toilet. What was wrong with the toilet? Um, something Somebody left the seat up? Someone left the seat up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, what happened was because of lack of gravity. Because you can't have water in the toilet bowl if you leave the seat up. Yes, if you leave the seat up, it's just as messy. You know? <laughs> With no gravity, if you take a dump or it's not just going to like... Just it go doesn't fall out of your butt. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't fall anywhere. It's just, yeah. you know. You have to pull it out. <laughs> So yes, it's something with the suction and like the security of the toilet wasn't quite right was the problem, mm -hmm. they thought. Maybe, or it might have been a malfunction. But I was more surprised at this because when I saw that it was the all-tourist flight, I figured it was just, like Bezos' flight was like 20 minutes or something like that, mm -hmm. not even. I thought it was something like that. Go around the earth twice or something and come down. But <laughs> I was just so surprised because I thought it was like a 20-minute flight, like Bezos' flight, and then I thought... Why do they need a toilet? What if you really have to go? I think <laughs> this is like arguably, I would guess for most people that were in space, that's one of the most important moments of your life. Yeah, but that's when you would shit your pants. Yeah, but we didn't have a toilet next to us at our wedding when we were getting married. There's certain times in life where it's just like you don't need a toilet right there. But if something went wrong, would you rather have to run all the way over to the porta potty or have one right there? Well, in space, it's kind of hard to make that comparison. <laughs> and then I figured, oh, it must be for like space sickness. And then you don't want like just, you know, barf in the cabin. But no, it was, they're, they're up there for three days. So, hmm. so that makes a little more so sense. So if you were up there, you would have to shit like 18 oh my God, times. Here we go. <laughs> Illinois, man. <laughs> Illinois. Illinois. Illinois man who woke up with a bat on his neck in state's first human rabies case since 1950s died. At first, I was really sad about this because I was like, oh, that sucks. And then it was like, it was a little less tragic because they said the guy was in his 80s and he declined treatment mm -hmm. initially. So you're saying he deserves it? No, he doesn't deserve it. But I mean, like, he deserves if, it a little bit. 
because rabies is one of the scariest things of all time. If you wake up and there's a bat in your house, go get treated for rabies. Just go get rabies treatment. If they bite you in the night, you wouldn't necessarily know. Yeah, bat bites are small as hell. And, and they're freaky as hell. They're freaky as hell. And rabies is even freakier. And bone And we're very lucky that in the United States, we have so little rabies. Because in Africa, it is a huge problem. One person dies like every minute from rabies in Africa or something like that. Every yeah. three minutes. This rabies PSA was brought to you by an Illinois man who died from <laughs> rabies. A lot of employers, specifically hospitals, are requiring employees to get vaccines. If you're a nurse or a doctor, you have a vaccine mandate. It's becoming quite common across the United States. They're not like drug testing their employees, but it is some sort of a insurance document where if you're not getting it and you're admitting to this and you break it, then you're kind of losing your mm-hmm. liability or whatever. So if they catch you like taking allergy meds at work, they're going to be like, hey, you need to get vaccinated. Or they're going to say like, hey, you're like they could fire people. I mean, like that's like mm-hmm. a breach of employment. If you're yeah. like lying to your employer on legal document signatures, things, then yeah. yeah. Even though there's a nurse shortage, I think that the nurses we do got hopefully are pretty on board mm-hmm. with the system. Yeah, they've seen so many people die. Yes. Vancouver man shocked after raid on his old luxury yacht finds $280 million worth of cocaine. In my second cocaine story... <laughs> My bad. Oh, this is a quote from him. It probably would have been a sensible vessel to use in a way. He said, it was a good practical vessel and it flies under the radar a bit. A yacht is a good mule, he's saying. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Last night we had a friend over and he talks with his hands so much. And he was kind of sitting by Len and she was just watching his hands go everywhere. <laughs> he's mesmerized by his hand locations. I made two of us because that was a great story. (laughs) (laughs) So Vancouver man, he apparently repurposed some boat. They made it to Canada and then they, the boat didn't go well. So they like started leasing it to somebody else or something like that. Now all of a sudden he's just like blown away that there's just a lot of cocaine on it. This like. I would be blown away too. Who misplaces $280 million worth of anything? That you have to be quite a connoisseur of any, like if somebody said like, oh, I totally forgot about my $280 million stash of cars or gold bars or whatever, stamps, trading cards. I wouldn't put it past you. I'm getting better at not losing things, but it's kind of hard. Today, I looked for a little too long for something that was totally in the right spot. Where's my keys? Where's my keys? Raging around the house trying to find my keys. (laughs) Oh, Right where they're supposed to be. (laughs) Another story in the UK. We got some good international news. A robber broke into McDonald's and they tried to steal money and they also were hungry. And so he said, make me some chicken nuggets. And they responded, I'm sorry, we're still only serving breakfast. So he had to settle with a double sausage McMuffin. Both of those are terrible items. Those I would never eat either. He stole $600 from the restaurant. He was identified by cameras and turned himself in later that day. He <laughs> <laughs> he discovered instead of an it was not an actual gun, it was a, a a very low caliber unloaded air pistol, not lethal in any way. That's good. The sad thing, he was sentenced to six years in prison. And I feel like that is a lot. 
I'm not encouraging anybody to, of course, do that. If that's something that needs to be addressed. And if somebody does that, they need to be reprimanded. But it needs to be a recovery type thing. The man does not need six years in prison. He was trying to pay off a debt and eat a meal. He needs a job or something. Yeah. That's a very sad story. Mm-hmm. So, But the headline was really funny. And classic Fox business headline. Great grab your attention headline. And so let's all laugh at our horrible prison system. I'm surprised that this happened in the UK. I thought like the United States oh, was yeah, true. harsh on people for stuff like that. But I guess maybe that's why there's less shootings in countries like that. Because even if you have an unloaded air pistol, you get quite time. I don't know. Prison time is just still such a... I don't think that's how law and order Yeah. I, I think the U.S. has proven that the more you punish does not reduce crime rates. I'd like to retroactively redact the last 30 seconds. Request denied. Shit. That's a... Crap, this is a permanent record. <laughs> We have an eight-year-old who wrote to NPR. He said, my name is Leo and I am eight years old. I listen to All Things Considered in the car with mom. I listen a lot. I never hear much about nature or dinosaurs or things like that. Maybe you should call your show Newsy Things Considered since I don't get to hear about all the things. Or please talk more about dinosaurs and cool things. Sincerely, Leo. Now, this is a feel-good story. I love this. I feel like he's being pretty negative. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I used to absolutely love All Things Considered when I used to have a drive to work instead of the walk to work that I'm not very thankful for. On my evening drive, I was always listening to All Things Considered to the point of singing along with the theme music, which there's no words to, just making the noises. Like when we sing along to Whitney's podcast... It's really or Dax's song. podcast too. Well, that's beedy, 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 beedy. <laughs> If you've listened to the show, um, it's almost fifty years old, and in those episodes, the word dinosaur has been used less than three hundred times, and the word senator has been used over twenty thousand times. So it's definitely a disproportionate ratio. Another heartwarming part of the story was that. They invited Leo and his mom to come out to probably an NPR studio or something. And Leo got to interview a paleontologist. Nice. Mm-hmm. It was a very cool story. Okay, this is one that I like. Negative reviews for scented candles are on the rise with COVID cases. <laughs> you just got to chuckle at things like that. I would much rather have a candle smelling nothing than smell bad. Because most scented candles, I feel like, smell bad. I don't like floral scents, whether it's perfume or candle. I like a sweet scent, like a pumpkin or sugar cookie. Mm -hmm. Vanilla. I like just a plain vanilla candle. Mm -hmm. Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal is in the news retiring from being a celebrity. He has said he's hanging it up. The celebrities are going crazy and I don't want to be one. I denounce my celebrityness. I'm done with it. He thinks they're crazy. Don't call me that. <laughs> they're out of their mind. That's never been me. He said he came from nothing, but just because I'm larger than you and smarter than you and make more money does not mean that I'm better than you. <laughs> so I'm sure that'll go well for him. I'm sure he'll just blend right into normal society. If they see Shaq somewhere, nobody's going to 
Why do some people say that they, quote, came from nothing? I think that is... It's a weird way to look at poverty. There's a great Arnold Schwarzenegger quote where he talks about how there's no such thing as a self-made man and how people always help each other out and pull each other up. And somebody somewhere gave Shaq a helping hand. Somehow. Yeah, of course. And that's also kind of unfair for him to assume that he's the only person who's ever... I guess he isn't saying that, but... Well, I think it just shits on people that are in poverty. Yes. Saying that, like, they're nothing, essentially. Yeah, if he says that doesn't mean I'm better than you. Really, what that is what you're saying. If you came from nothing... And and now you're something. That's what it implies. Mm -hmm. Now you're something. So I think he had well intentions with this, but... He just went ahead and shit on celebrities, number one. He just shit on everybody, really. Whether you're famous or... Shit on people that like swear words... If you like to cuss, he definitely did not come off as a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> Tattoo segment. One interesting fact is that 59% of tattooed people are women, which I think is counter to popular opinion. This, I did not know. I and mean, I would not have guessed. I would have guessed it. That's as... why we're making the podcast, Ian. Oh. <laughs> I would have guessed it's way more guys. Yeah, that's because of media. Yeah. I wonder if women are more likely to have them. Yes, and men are more likely to have a lot. That's okay. Yeah. Nice. But interestingly, more women than men choose to remove their tattoos, which, I don't know, maybe it's just because more women have tattoos, so there's more chances to remove More tattoos on women to remove. But when women were asked about why they had decided to get rid of their tattoos, the most common responses were social stigma and pressure, embarrassment, or a new job or career. Interesting that they have some data on that. My least favorite reason out of all those is definitely the new job or career. I hate that that's a thing. Yeah, but not everybody's job, they're wearing like pants and a long sleeve and a collar. And every one of those jobs, it shouldn't matter yeah. If you have a tattoo or not. Yeah, I agree. And then also, contrary to popular misconceptions, black is actually the easiest color to remove during the laser procedure. The black ink absorbs the greatest number of laser waves, allowing it to be removed from the skin much easier than vibrant light colors like green and yellow. Hmm. This is very interesting, too. This I did not know. It kind of makes sense because if you see old, faded tattoos... They're they, like light gray. They always look, yeah, like either light gray or like kind of bluey or almost like a really old tattoos look kind of like almost sickly greenish. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I hope I never have to get any tattoos removed. That sounds very painful. I doubt you will. Americans spend approximately $1.65 billion per year on tattoos. That's a lot of money. That's too much. I think many tattoo artists, especially locally, are underpaid. They make a lot per year, but they work a lot. They work very hard. They work very hard. Well, I shouldn't say all of them. (laughs) (laughs) The people that I'm familiar with that we frequent are very nice, talented people. Yes. Those are some cool facts. Emma did some cool facts, and I did some history. The word tattoo comes from the Samoan word tatao, meaning to strike. Tattoos have been around for a crazy long time, In 2015, there was a mummy discovered in the mountains between Austria and Italy. This mummy's name is Utsi, and they had 61 tattoos on their body. And this mummy dates back almost 
5,000 years, 3250 BCE. But it's kind of hard to call them 61 tattoos because they were all vertical or horizontal lines. Those 61 lines. <laughs> yes, they were either going up and down or side yeah, to side. Yeah, I know what vertical or horizontal means. Okay, but I just want to make sure you knew that they weren't diagonal and they weren't round. They weren't crisscross. They weren't round, yeah. no. <laughs> it seems so weird to say the mummy had 61 tattoos. Like, the mm. word mummy is very weird to me, especially because I've seen mummy. Mummy refers to a mummified person. Person. But we forget that that's a person. Yes. And in my experience, when you see a mummy, you're quite reminded of the fact that they are people and they had their whole real life. I don't know. Maybe it's just because of the way we use mummies in, like, our movies or That could stuff. be. It's just weird to me when you see a real mummified person that walked the earth like that just kind of it just seems weird to say to call them mummies i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah it should say what what was what we should call it a body a A, person a a person was discovered yeah a dead person was discovered a mummified person at least they gave them a name let's see Some that date back to the same time period were found with the tattoos, so I thought it was crazy interesting. I think it's crazy that mummies have skin. Okay, that's... Well, yeah. let's start with the basics. Mummies have skin. Yeah. That's crazy. Five and a half thousand year old mummies have skin. Yeah. They have, like, their organs are preserved in jars. They take out their heart and preserve it in a jar. The Egyptian mummies, what made them different, same time period, but instead of vertical and horizontal lines their tattoos seem to be letters and shapes and also possibly animals and at first the picture that i saw didn't really look like much but shit it's five thousand years old and you could make out like the bighorn sheep type looking thing and then also like a wild bull and shit i've seen worse tattoos on people <laughs> that i know <laughs> in real life down. People, people in town that got their tattoos three years ago, those look worse than these that I saw. So, <laughs> But yeah, so to me, that makes a little more sense. That's more relevant to modern-day tattooing. Very few people have just have a bodysuit of lines. So tattoos have been around for a very long time. And also, while those were in the same time period, those are very different places. The mountains between Austria and Italy, 5,000 years ago or more, and in Egypt... We have proof. Multiple places for thousands of years. You can find tattooing in the indigenous people of Austronesia, which I guess is just a really cool, smart person way of saying... Australia. No, it's kind of like Australia, Southeast Asia, and... Don't say no and then include what I said. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) So yes, and that whole kind of Pacific region. Oceania. Oceania, and also the continents right near it. But Oceania includes Australia. Well... Austronesia is Oceania and Southeast Asia. They've been tattooing using a variety of tools since almost 4,000 years ago. And people kept tattooing ever since then. And modern tattooing has been associated early on with war. There was a German fella named Martin Hildebrandt who opened a shop in New York City in 1846. And he became popular... (laughs) During the Civil War, where he traveled camp to camp, tattooing soldiers and sailors of both sides, the Union and the Confederate soldiers he tattooed. 
Capital. Drew is doing pretty different tattoos for each. Very different tattoos. He's really capitalizing on the demand on both sides, kind of fueling the flame, a bit of a double agent. This, I had no idea. From the Civil War, if we remember correctly, it didn't happen that long ago, crazy enough. From the Civil War to World War I, tattoos were very fashionable with upper-class young adults. Before the electric tattoo machine was invented, it was very expensive to get manual tattoos. These are people that- Because it was literally sticking a needle by hand into you each time. Either by hand or like, striking is often a common thing. And when it was manual analog tattoos, they were expensive. But then once the electric tattoo machine was invented, it became cheaper and easier to get. And that fashionable affluent status went away. The tradition remained amongst service members so from World War One to the late 70s, there was not a lot of artists, mostly those that existed tattooed armed service peoples. It was hard to find a true citation on this, but it seemed that in the late 70s, it exploded and in the United States. 40 artists in 1975 and then 5,000 in 1980, just five years later. Fred Harris, by 1937, was doing 2,000 tattoos a year, mostly sailors, Women getting leg tattoos that could be seen through their stockings. Scandalous. Scandalous. In 2006, Oklahoma legalized tattooing. That's crazy. I kind of wish that Michigan would ban it. I get tattooed in Wisconsin, though. Wisconsin and Michigan. <laughs> I'm sensing a trend. When someone gets a tattoo, it goes through your top layer into your dermis. The pigment is dispersed through both those layers. Why do you find the word dermis funny? It's just a good funny <laughs> word. <laughs> the first two layers in the epidermis and upper dermis, the foreign material is taken away. But then in the lower dermis, the foreign material is engulfed by phagocytes, which are kind of like the Pac-Man of the body. But then in deeper layers, those Pac-Man can't escape. They're attached to connective tissue with collagen. So it blasts through all those layers, and if you ever see a fresh tattoo, it looks holy crap. It's like the colors are unbelievable, and then as it flakes away, it kind of gets its permanent look. Modern-day tattoo machines drive the needle through the skin 80 to 150 times per second. Yikes. That's a lot. It's a very small needle, and it doesn't go very far into you. I mean, like you said, the epidermis. So Not through the epidermis. Oh, okay. So just barely. we know how deep that is. Yeah, you know, that is a lot of times and it hurts. And that makes sense a little bit more. It feels sometimes like you're getting like, it's kind of a cross between a stab or a bite and a punch. Kind of it's a little constant punch. I feel like it's like a burn. A burn is a good way to describe it. Modern tattoo artists often use, depending on what you're getting and, and the artist, you might get it drawn on by Sharpie or oftentimes a stencil paper or hectograph is used, which pretty much is just saying a temporary tattoo that you get and then they tattoo right away over the top of it and it just fades away eventually. One more fun fact about tattoos. There was a restaurant in Massachusetts called BT's Smokehouse and for a number of years in a row, almost five years straight, they had a contest where anybody who gets a tattoo of the logo of the restaurant gets free food for life. At the time of the publishing of this article, nine people, including the owner, had it. So it doesn't really count. Eight people have it and they get free food. One guy comes in every single day. He's been going for years. Yeah. So he's going to die young. That's for sure. 
I've never been to BT's Smokehouse, but I'm guessing it's not a health foods restaurant. And maybe more have it at this point, but not a lot more because the owner of the restaurant said after the next year, he would close the eligibility. Would he grandfather in the people that already have it? Yes. They yep. keep getting it for life? Yep, they'll keep getting it for life, but he wanted to shut it down and keep it to be an exclusive club, which makes sense because if you start having all of town get it, your lunch crowd is 30 people and six of them every day are getting a free lunch. That's a lot of tattoos are cool. Iranian tattooer Mohsen Karimi was sentenced to 100 lashes and six months in prison for tattooing, tattooing famous people and posting pictures of tattoos to Facebook. If asked if he plans to stop tattooing, he says, nah, I'm going to keep doing it regardless. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. I'm glad that he's going to keep doing it. I mean, it's funny that he said that, but it's horrible that he got 100 lashes. It's horrible that they even have lashes as a punishment. Yeah. Would you rather have six months in prison or 100 lashes? Ooh, six months in prison for sure. Well, if I had to interact with people... Six months is a long time. Yeah. Being confined for six months isn't the bad part. It's like the fact that you have nothing to do in there and that you're interacting with other prison people. That's the hard part. If you could kind of design it a little bit and have a personal six-month oasis, that'd be fine. But yeah, actual prison would be terrible. But my first thought was 100 lashes sounds way better. But then I'm guessing probably by lash three. You'd regret it? I'd be very upset that I picked it. You can die from getting whipped. Yeah, that's messed up. But Mohsen Karimi seems to think that that's not cool. You know, hopefully in Iran, they follow suit as Oklahoma, who legalized tattooing 15 years ago. How do they have different rules? Like, number one, he was tattooing. Number two, he was tattooing famous people. How are those different punishments? <laughs> <laughs> they have a specific rule against tattooing famous people? <laughs> <laughs> With legal statutes, how do they define who's a famous person? That's pretty easy. Well, I mean, obviously not like us. But what about Shaquille O'Neal? We have like 19 non-celebrity. We have 19 unique listeners. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And we just got a new listener from Germany. So. Episode four is in the books after we completed a long session of editing. Too long. The editing was done because my speaking is going to be improving from stuttered sentences to complete thoughts. Yes, you need only one prepositional phrase before each sentence. This podcast has been a journey about learning how I think I'm good at public speaking, and I might be, but I'm also, at the same time, very bad at it. Yeah, or you could just say speaking. Speaking, (laughs) not public speaking. Just conversational speak, which is the only type of speak I do. I used to talk to myself more, but now that I live with somebody, I don't talk to myself anymore. Yeah, you're like never alone. Pretty much never. I have a nice 30-second walk to work on my own. Well, no, I walk you to work. Oh, yeah. I no longer do that. Emma's so sweet. She walks me to work every day. And I make you a smoothie every morning. make me a smoothie every morning. And the other, I think yesterday, I made us both Bananas Bananas Foster French Toast. It was In addition to the smoothie. So good. Smoothie for first breakfast. Bananas Foster French Toast for second breakfast. Both breakfasts, compliments of my beautiful wife, Emma. Yes. My chef wife. 
I am her sous chef, and that is a huge title upgrade for what I really do in the kitchen. You're more like my assistant. I'm kind of... Baby chef. I'm baby chef. <laughs> <laughs> so this podcast was just us putting some ideas together that we thought might be cool, and we hope that you guys liked them. We shaved probably like 10 minutes off of what you heard, which will tell you just how much of a disaster the first cut was. The first cut was pretty rough, and we saved you 10 plus minutes of silence and ums ums and so's and ands. And Ian going, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that that really should, um, yeah, well, anyways. <laughs> you live <laughs> and you learn. But this outro, we're doing unedited and raw, and we hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. If you want, leave us a voice message. But at this point, nobody probably will. Just stop asking about it, probably. It's getting desperate, so, okay. <laughs> I'll stop right now.